How do you know you're up to date? When you follow EMS World, you answer that question with confidence. Because when we say EMS World, we mean the whole world of EMS. The remaining question for you is how will you stay up to date? In print, online, at EMS World Expo, the world's largest EMS dedicated conference, and now in a podcast. Welcome to another episode of EMS World Podcast. I'm your host, Mike McCabe. Today, we will tackle the ever-present mental health issue we continue to battle in EMS, but this time from the perspective of industry leaders. Today's episode is brought to you by Columbia Southern University. As an innovator in online education for 30 years, CSU was established to provide an alternative to the traditional university experience. CSU offers online associates, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees in fields such as business administration, emergency medical services administration, fire administration, and occupational safety and health. Visit columbiasouthern.edu to learn more. Joining me today is Dr. Aaron Rohn, as well as Mr. Dwayne Nieves. Both gentlemen are long-tenured leaders in EMS. Dr. Rohn serves in a leadership role for the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania and as a member of the Faculty Advisory Council at Columbia Southern University. Mr. Nieves is a career paramedic in the Commonwealth and presently serves as the Manager and Chief of Field Operations at Penn State Health Life Lion EMS. Aaron, it's great to have you back. Dwayne, thank you for coming on. Mike, it's always a pleasure. Gentlemen, before we get started, maybe you can talk a little bit more about the current professional roles that you hold and the relationship that you have with CSU. Great. So I'll go ahead and start off here. Um, for the past nine years, I've served in leadership within the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania um, through the Department of Health Bureau of EMS. So there's some background there as a clinical and regulatory compliance person and driving policy. And with CSU, I've been a faculty member there for going on four years now and serve as a faculty advisory council member and was the 2021 Robert G. Mays Senior Distinguished Faculty for the College of Safety and Emergency Services. That's awesome. And Dwayne, how about yourself? Thank you, Mike. Uh, as you mentioned, um, 35 years as a career paramedic, I spent quite a few years on the front line as a field provider, many years as a field supervisor, and uh, followed by uh, moving into chief officer positions. And I have been the uh, manager and chief of field operations here for about 11 years now, uh, including with our previous organization. We've more recently become Penn State Health, but I've been in the same organization throughout that time. Spent a little over 25 years with a local community college, uh, teaching a paramedic program and other EMS programs, and serving as a faculty advisor uh, for uh, paramedic students as they uh, go through the program. Uh, Columbia Southern University, I'm currently a student and uh, taking advantage of a lot of opportunities to uh, put my learning there uh, toward my profession and uh, to do my job better in leading people and uh, helping with uh, recruitment and retention and helping to resolve a lot of the uh, challenges that are facing uh, our organization and uh, EMS as a whole. Well, this is great. And gents, really glad to have both of you on and to, to get your perspective on the really, uh, you know, ever-present topic of mental health in our industry. And truthfully, it's uh, it really is a double whammy for us as mental health has always been an issue and, and certainly something that we've responded to you know, all of the time, but now it's 
well, I shouldn't say now. It's it has always been part of the psyche of the provider. It's just never really been put out there because we've always put up that guard um, to really hide it. And I think that that those things are, you know, those walls are breaking down, and we're recognizing how important it is. Uh, to take care of the mental health of the provider as well. So now not only are we dealing with the patient, but we're dealing with the provider. And so I'm going to ask you, Dwayne, as we lead off, how do you, how would you even define mental health as a topic in EMS these days? Well, to your point, Mike, I think it is a, a more welcome topic and something that's more widely accepted for discussion and recognition than it once was. And uh, I'm certain we'll get into that as our discussion continues. But you know, let's face it, the, the nature and design of our industry is that we're exposed to all sort of environmental uh, hazards and uh, we have physical, mental and emotional extremes throughout all of that. Shift work, uh, irregular hours, irregular meals, interrupted sleep. So, uh, you know, there's a lot of things that uh, can go toward breaking someone down before they even know what's going on in this profession. We go from the exhilaration of the unknown, you know, anywhere from euphoria, you know, to uh, fear of the unknown as we go about our day and see patients and certainly want to put our best foot forward and, and meet those patients with the competence and caring and treatment that they deserve. But uh, the whole thing is about an EMS provider being able to keep all those things in check and do their job well, be compassionate to the patients, stay on top of their game professionally, and at the same time, uh, do well for their families, their their loved ones and friends to survive in their careers, be supportive to their peers, and preserve those personal life uh, relationship with friends and family. Yeah, I mean, Aaron, when do you think that this started to turn here, um, you know, from a leadership perspective as to when we started to realize that, hey, you know, this this whole mental health issue is an issue and it's an issue within our own industry. When do you think that really started to take hold? I, I really think it's hard to put a date on it, but kind of like Dwayne was saying, one of the things that we've noticed is our providers now are understanding that we're not robotic. We're not immune to the traumatic stresses that we see every day as a frontline EMS professional. Um, taking into consideration, you know, if you go onto ems.gov, they've got you know, first responders appear to be at an increased risk for suicide. EMS providers are at a, at a higher likelihood than members of the general public to commit suicide. And there's as many as 24% who have symptoms of post-traumatic stress disorder that we've tried to move from that cultural ideal that we are this brick wall of rescue and we're there to be everyone's, I don't want to say savior, but that, that rescue person who's there to calm the the storm and get to that point of, you know, I'm seeing this bad stuff. I'm having problems. I'm struggling with it. I need to talk about it. We've always had that belief before that any sign of weakness or dealing with emotion was weak and you were made fun of, but we need to, and we continue to work past that and start getting into better understanding of our own mental health, which also will eventually help us better treat those mental health patients that we're seeing every day you know we we run into the the fact that there aren't enough mental health beds but we need to be able to connect with them and not stigmatize them based off of their condition or their experiences yeah and i guess building upon that you know my next point would be you know what connotations does mental health have amongst the ems providers 
out there. And 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 when I say that, I'm 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 gonna frame this in a way, and and Dwayne, we'll start with you. But you know, mental health, the way we view it when we're treating a patient, and then mental health when we view it as a provider problem. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, mental health of the patient, certainly we, uh, I think we do well at being caring, compassionate, and understanding mental health issues with patients and uh, trying to do the right things uh, through protocol and through the, through the medical care systems that are available. I think that's all uh, done very well in general by EMS, considering the limited resources and the fact that we've got to move patients and encounter a lot of patients in a short period of time sometimes. But uh, for ourselves, you know, to Aaron's point, you know, not, not that long ago, it was generally accepted that if you're going to be in this business and you're going to last in this business, you need to be tough and you need to be more resilient than others. And it takes a special kind of person to endure those hardships and sacrifice. And it's part of the job. But if you're going to do it, you've got to handle the adversity that goes with that. Um, and again, this, the stigma, I'm, I'm tough. I'm not weak. I'll work through it in my own way. And I think this stance has decreased over a, a relatively short period of time here, the last few to several years. And uh, I think EMS providers are more open and accepting um, of the help and uh, more open to genuine, objective conversation about the topic to help identify an issue uh, before it gets to them too much where there's a point of no return, perhaps. Yeah, I was thinking about it before we hopped on, you know, about this whole topic, because we've done a lot of podcasts on mental health for sure. But, you know, I, I was thinking it, about it from a leadership perspective. And, and I was saying to myself, you know, typically the leaders these days have been in this for a long time. And I, I would say that arguably they all come from that old school mentality where you were to compartmentalize things. And so now how are we supposed to turn the page on that? And effectively train this younger generation that, you know, we should be very, very cognizant of mental health, you know, for each other. You know, I don't know if there's a perfect answer for that, but Aaron, I'm, I'm, I'm curious about your thoughts on that since you've been in this for a while. You know, again, this was an old school mentality and it was not right. Let, let us be totally, totally upfront. Not right. But it's also very difficult to change old habits. You're right, Mike. It is difficult to change old habits, but it's a cultural change. And th those are two C words that people really struggle with is culture and change. You know, we, we've been in that similar model as uh, other public safety of tradition unimpeded by progress, but we've grown to start to realize that, you know, our mental health is what's going to protect us and help us move forward and that we have things outside of this career, you know, a family, our friends, the, the world around us that we need to be able to decompress from the stressors we see. We, we need to be able to open up to those and have resources and trying to get people to understand the culture that there's the, the employee assistance programs at many places. Some of that culture goes back to, well, I don't want to call them because somehow my boss will find out. And that's not the case. You know, those are safe spaces. But, you know, between 988 now and other resources that are out there through the professional organizations like the IAFF, paramedic program, uh, the paramedic unions, there's resources that are available to help people. I know in Pennsylvania, one of the things that we did was on everyone's EMS certification card, there's a telephone number that links you to a peer support specialist. That way someone can call and get information and be able to connect with somebody. The other side of that coin that we have to worry about changing a culture is 
there are some mental health professionals that don't understand the uniqueness of the things that we experience in our high stress traumatic job of repeated exposure to trauma. So not everyone has an understanding that as an EMS provider, as a fire service member, as a law enforcement member, whichever public service hat you wear, that talking to us, we, we've built those mechanisms to cope differently than what the textbooks say is where you should be in grief or other mental health processing. So we need to help educate the clinicians in the mental health space about what we do, how we impact other people's lives and how their traumas build up for us. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, th- I think that this is certainly something that has, you know, taken off since, since I, I'll be honest, COVID. I, I think that COVID was a big trigger, um, not just for our industry, but for society as a whole with mental health. Um, and I think that everything started to come to the forefront after, you know, as, as providers, what we went through with COVID. Um, it just kind of broke us all um, in and brought all of those emotions and everything else that we have, you know, compartmentalized over the years from all the horrible things we've seen, you know, to the forefront. And on top of that, it was, it was just a double edge. It was a double whammy in a sense that society got worse. And now we were dealing with their mental health issues while dealing with our own. And, you know, I guess the question I have, you know, maybe Dwayne, you can hit on how can, you know, personal and and professional education help us address the mental health issues that we're seeing? Well, I think leadership and mentorship is one in changing that culture. Um, you know, I, I always often say that, you know, we used to give uh, perfect attendance awards to people who came in, you know, seven years straight, never missed a scheduled day. And I know they came in sick and I know they probably didn't belong out there caring for patients, but they had pride in reporting that condition. And we, rather than not doing anything to change it, we celebrated their resilience to come in. So we should be in the business of if you're sick, sick, stay home. You're not doing anyone here any good, particularly our patients. Same kind of situation here. If you're struggling, don't continue to allow yourself to struggle. Struggle. Point it out to us. Let us know what we can do. We'll help you navigate these issues and um, you know, use whatever resources. In our county, we are blessed that the county commissioners committed funding and the, the Department of Public Safety runs a, uh, their own critical incident stress management for public safety providers. So that's available to us around the clock. We have people uh, in our employee paramedics and EMTs who have become involved in that. So they've gone and gotten the requisite training to be involved in that critical stress incident manager, or critical incident stress management kind of realm and uh, to help folks through these things. So it's it's rallying around this change in, in how we're dealing with those and you don't have to stand up and be the tough guy until it breaks you any longer. You can get the help you need and some guidance to move on. And I think we all have uh, room to acquire knowledge, which can be insightful and powerful to our own well-being and the well-being of our peers and you know those we mentor and those we lead. That's really interesting. You know, the, the point that you make about celebrating those that come in, uh, you know, without absence and, you know, being resilient, it, it is interesting. You don't really think about that. I think that's a great point, you know, to we used to celebrate that. And what we were celebrating was these people breaking themselves down uh, even further. Aaron, from an educational standpoint and higher educational standpoint, are we are we changing the way that we address this in the course content for, with paramedic services, EMT? I, I, overarching mental health discussions are one that's always seems to be hard to broach 
because especially in the initial certification process and even some of the higher education world, because we're not creating mental health clinicians, but we're trying to teach that idea of self-reflectiveness. So kind of to Dwayne's point of it's okay to not be okay. You know, we, we don't want you to celebrate the, you came to work every day, you had pneumonia, you made seven other patients sick, you know, but that's okay. You didn't miss a day. It's okay to be not okay. But in the same aspect too, while we're teaching them to realize themselves that they're not okay, we need to be working with our partners, you know, the people who are with them every single day. If you're with Mike every day and Mike's not acting right, what's wrong? Let's talk about it. What, how can I help? Maybe you don't want to talk to me because we're going to be in the truck every day or, you know, we're hanging around the station together, but how do we get you the resources you need to feel comfortable to open up and get rid of that burden and not feel that you have to carry it? And as you said, Mike, break it, break yourself down because being okay is better than not being okay. And we want to celebrate that success versus helping them be successful and get through those traumatic times. And that way we're not losing someone because they can't do it anymore because they can't stand going on another call and, or they become disassociated with their patients and are treating them poorly because they can't see past their own health. Yeah. I I mean, for sure. All of these things I think revolve around something that you had just mentioned, Aaron, and that is cultural change, right? Those the two C words, um, changing the way you do things and, and, you know, changing the culture of the way that things have always been done has never been well received in this industry for sure. Um, and it's something that needs to happen because times are changing. You know, we, we have lived through this now and we see that, you know, the unexpected happens all the time and we have to be re- ready, you know, to, to deal with this. And, and the mental health epidemic here is crippling the industry's ability to properly care for those that need the care. Um, so I think all of these points are fantastic. As far as uh, learning more about CSU and the education that is delivered there, uh, Aaron, where can listeners go to learn a little bit more? Obviously, they can go to www.columbiasouthern.edu. Um, our programs are listed there, and we're, we're constantly bringing some new programs on. Right now, we're working on um, a mobile integrated health program in the MS space and also in the MS education world. So we're, we're definitely moving that bar forward to include some better information for our future leaders and current leaders who are seeking advanced education. Well, Aaron, as always, it's it's a pleasure to have you on. Um, it's it's always fun to get your insights. And Dwayne, you're fantastic. I thank you for all you're doing. Uh, I implore you to continue to push forward. And I think really, it's it's really incumbent upon us to continue to bring this uh, out into the into the open floor to to get buy-in. Because I, I do still believe, you know, I I'm I'm still out there. I'm still a provider. I know that it is still not widely accepted. You know, we are still burying this in the back of our minds because we have that mentality that we have to be strong, but it's not helping anybody. And it's certainly not helping ourselves. And and like you said, the suicide rate is going up and we can't have that. So gents keep fighting the fight. And I thank you for coming on. Thank you, Mike. Thank you, Mike. My pleasure. 
Dr. Aaron Rohn and Mr. Dwayne Nieves, thank you again for joining us. A special thank you to our sponsor, Columbia Southern University. Columbia Southern University is committed to helping you reach your educational goals without repeating courses or clinicals. Certified paramedics may gain academic credit from their previously earned paramedic certificate toward an associate of science in emergency medical services. Tuition is half of the cost of the universities and textbooks are always provided at no cost to you. Learn more at columbiasouthern.edu forward slash EMS. A gentle reminder that EMS World turns 35 this year and we're celebrating in New Orleans once again. Join us at EMS World Expo September 18th to the 22nd. I promise you it will be a blast. And thank you for listening to another episode of EMS World Podcast. Look for more exciting episodes to drop soon. Until then, I'm your host, Mike McCabe. Talk soon. This has been an episode of EMS World Podcast. You can find this audio and more like it on the podcast page of emsworld.com. You can also follow EMS World on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram.